excited today to be doing an interview which I think is very overdue I really should have done this like a year or so ago because I think I've been aware of my guest today probably coming on for nearly two years now but I'm with Ryan Sanders today how you doing mate yeah I'm good man thanks for having me on the show and that yeah no worries man so for people that don't know I'm gonna I've already put some clips in of your tunes before we've even got to this point of the interview but Ryan is a grime artist who has been speaking out against the bullshit loudly and consistently um, as it was going on, really. I became aware of you like through the protest movement in London. So, yeah, talk, talk about how that was to get involved with. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, so, lockdown, I think it was, I can't, I'm not sure what year it was, Twenty. it might have been 2020 or 2021, uh, I started going to the protest that was more like to do with the lockdowns. It was like when the lockdown started to just get, it just started to get ridiculous. And then um, I'd seen a few things going on, like protest fires. And then I just went along, uh, yeah, mainly to protest against lockdowns. And when I went there, it was insane. Like the, the amount of people, it was like at its height when I kind of started going along. And the energy I felt was like, whoa, like there's people fighting against this, like in force. Like it's not just a few people on social media. The numbers were there, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I, came, I became quite like engulfed in it all. Like, yeah, this is 
is where I need to be. And mm. uh, that, around that time, I wasn't even really, I, I've been making music forever, but like, I wasn't really doing music at that point. I was having a bit of a moment, like not really sure what to do in life in general, because everything was just, the world was in like this mad situation. And uh, it wasn't until I started going along, probably like months later, then I thought, actually, like, what am I doing? I need to make a tune about all of this. So I'm just here with all this, uh, all these beats on my computer that I've made and I know what to do. So I just, yeah, that's what inspired that all to kind of start happening. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of went along myself. I didn't have, I didn't know anybody that was going to the protest. I think I saw some post somewhere. I can't remember how I actually saw it. But yeah, just went along. It was Hyde Park, Speaker's Corner, the first one. Mm. yeah yeah it was uh spring 2021 when i think there were there were like three in a row which were just unforgettable like if you weren't there then you missed out because we're never going to get that again and you kind of knew it at the time you're like i'm going to be nostalgic for for this it it just felt like special because the rest of life was so was such like a burden and then i just look forward to those days once a month every yeah um, yeah because there was nothing else to look forward to it was amazing it's true it was that was the place to be man like yeah yeah right so was it was a yellow card that you put out first yeah yeah that was the first tune i mean it wasn't the first tune i've ever done like but in terms of what people know me for uh yeah i literally came home from a protest one day and it was just like i, I was yeah just feeling it i made that it very quickly made that tune as well it wasn't like because it was, I was coming at it from the kind of angle of where I grew up in, like the grime era, like I, like spitting at that tempo is just so like normal and easy. So I just, thought, I'm just gonna do that. It was like not, not much thought went into it at all. We were just impulsive, and uh, and yeah, then John, who you know, like was like, yeah, I'll do the video, and yeah, it just happened very uh, organically. Um, but yeah, Yellow Card was the first tune that I'd done and after that one came out and people were like you know I thought all right cool let's just keep going and see where it goes yeah keep the momentum going so like my audience is probably not going to be that well versed in in grime uh but I interviewed Maestro a few weeks ago because he was like my favorite MC when I was deep into DJing um throughout the 2010s um and we had a little chat about like the difference between the two scenes, but can you give it a go explaining to people what the difference between hip hop and grime is? Because I reckon most of my guys watching will just think like, well, you're rappers. So yeah, what's the difference there? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Like hip hop uh, is, well, slower and the beats are more like, the beats are like probably between like 80 BPM up until like 100 sort of tempo and grime is like around 140 bpm like a lot faster so when you're rapping it's more like speaking and when you're spitting on grime it's like it's like you're having a go at someone <laughs> that's a, i'd say that's how i'd describe the difference and the beats in grime as well it's like what it says in the name like very grimy sounds like i don't even really necessarily call my music grime but because i kind of come at that tempo i guess that's where people categorize me i kind mm. of like my thing to me is a bit of a world of its own that's how i like to to describe my music but 
yeah, I'd say that's that's the difference between hip hop and grime for me. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's it, it is just a jumping off point, isn't it? You start like you can't start from nothing. You got to start with uh something that you're working with. Like I'm going to try and write some music over the next few months. So I'm yeah. writing like a like a dub tune at the moment. But you can't you can't just do everything. You got to got to start somewhere. But like you I mean what really impressed me was that you put that one out and then you just kept going and you seem to have gathered this momentum where you're getting you're broadening what you talk about yeah um, to to an amazing degree oh nice one man yeah i appreciate it. and like yeah i'm glad that you said that because as much as yellow card was the first tune that came out i didn't want to just recycle like uh lots of stuff about uh say like i don't know well i just didn't want to talk about the same thing over and over again you know what i mean i could make didn't want to keep making tunes about the vaccine like because i think i nailed it in one tune that's where i started like it was going to the protests and hearing people talking and having everybody saying their piece that where i learned what the yellow card scheme was and for me that was like the biggest piece of evidence to what to to wake up other people that weren't involved in our world because mm. everyone could say like oh i reckon someone's gonna have a, a bad reaction to that and someone might be like yeah no oh, i don't know about that that sounds like conspiracy but when i found there was an actual thing that recorded you know deaths and adverse reactions that was an official government thing i was like why is this not like major news <laughs> So that was like that was what made me think this needs to be a tune or something that people hear about. So I feel like I nailed the, I in my opinion anyway, I think I nailed the vaccine conversation within one tune. So that's why I kind of just done it and then moved on to the next thing because there's a lot of things to talk about in terms of what's going on in the world today. You know, not just about mm. vaccines. There is, but even within that one tune, it's like the chorus um, for me is already aiming at something bigger because it's um, it's speaking to the fact that there were so few of us. It It's not really just like COVID and lockdown red pill facts, um, which like I would definitely say artists should not pigeonhole themselves in that. No, I, you're not going to get very far if you just kind of do uh dr robert malone condensed into three minutes it's just, it's just i don't know i don't really see that yeah. as art but the um yeah. but the chorus on that one was just like i don't know it was dark man because it re reminds me of just what tiny percentage of like the public are you know seeing it yeah yeah it was that was a dark time like uh i remember that like as I said it in, um, I don't know if you see my interview with Powers, but like I never felt, I never felt the pressure to get the jab because I didn't, I didn't need to. But if some people around me, that's more who I was doing it for, like going to the protests and that. But even for them, like I felt the pressure, and I'm watching the news just to see what they're saying, and it was like a sci-fi movie, man. Like I was thinking that like, it was dark around them times. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting. The the video for it is like burned into my mind because it really looks like. Wait, when was it filmed? You know when that was filmed. That was filmed on, uh, 
Guy Fawkes. Yeah. November the 5th, uh, 21. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was there at that one. Yeah, and um, uh, and it captures that beautifully. Like, John's done really well for that, that. It's just, you're watching V for Vendetta, basically. Yeah. Um, and and that's a good reminder because I've already said that those spring protests were like really joyous and fun, but yeah, that captures just how dark it was. And do you feel like now there's like huge amnesia with that? Nobody really wants to think about like how bad it was. Um, I think that's the main thing that's a real struggle at the moment with the public is like you really don't want to think about what happened, do you? Yeah, yeah, I like that's what uh since putting out a few of the clips from that last interview I did, a few people were like acting as if like, oh, why are you still going on about all this? And it's like, well, because it's still not really been resolved, you know, it's still it's fresh still, you know what I mean? It was only like last year or yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a very recent trauma that everybody shared together. Um, and the only way through that is to address it. And I am just starting to view it in like these psychological terms rather than political, right? So the techniques that we used on the population were the same techniques that like a narcissistic abuser would use or sort of prisoner of war type stuff. And we spotted this when we were in it. Um, and it almost gave you a good guide for what was coming next. But I think that explains the amnesia now because it's exactly what would happen to a victim of this stuff. They go into like shutdown mode and, and not want to think about it. And like, if this great awakening is happening, then, you know, everyone has gradually got to term, got to come to terms with, with the scale of all this. I mean, do you, you must have had a background in not trusting the government prior to 2020, yeah? Yeah, I wasn't buying it from the beginning. Like, uh, where do I start? Um, so I'll talk talk about how it started for me. Like, so funny story. Yeah, I was I was working yeah as an Uber driver, yeah, and I I stopped because of when the pandemic happened. I was renting a car, so obviously it wasn't feasible. But around those last couple months before that, when they were talking about it, this may be becoming a thing. I was telling all of the passengers, I was like. They were saying, oh, what do you think of all this that's going on? And I was like, oh, I just think this is the government and the media trying to scare us. And most people were like, oh, it's quite refreshing to hear that. And I was like, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> and um, before then, uh, yeah, never really, never really, I've never really voted. I only voted one time. And that's because I was, I got caught up in the whole, I mean, I was, I was supporting Jeremy Corbyn when he was doing what he was doing. I think we should I think we should dwell on this more because there's so much focus on um on the Jeremy Corbyn's a communist and like we're not and you know he's shit on vaccines and immigration and all sorts of other stuff but this thing happened in 2017 I voted for Jeremy Corbyn as well I don't actually know if I've said that on my channel and it'll probably shock a whole load of people but it's like no, that like the establishment was really scared of that guy. And from the youth, it was it was definitely a vote for like, okay, it's an anti-war guy. And we can see these pro these pictures of him from 40 years of protests and picket lines being against every war. And you know, we've grown up with like Iraq, Afghanistan, everything getting blown to shit, apparently in our name. Like we support this. So there's this thing going on where definitely GB News tells you that the left 
is the thing you need to be fighting. But something's going on on the left. They've got their own like revolution going on where they're being censored and like like Corbyn's film has been banned from Glastonbury. It's been pulled. Okay. So so there's something going on there. Um, so I'm not even surprised that you voted for Corbyn because that was that was just one of those where it's like, well, yeah, fuck it, you know. Yeah, like, I just resonated with what he was saying. And I feel like looking back, I think, well, I, oh, I lost my train of thought, thought there. But yeah, I never voted, never really trusted anything along that whole, uh, anything in politics. But he was just speaking, seemed like from the heart. So I was like, yeah, if this ever, if we're ever going to get anyone cool in there, but we might as well vote for him, isn't it? Like, mm. But other than that, and I probably wouldn't ever vote again, even if that kind of thing happened, because I just feel like it's all controlled. But that's like, this is what I'm saying, like my awakening to how deep everything goes has is, is, is gone on over time. Like, I don't think anybody just woke up, like, awake fully. You know what I mean? I, just, I knew something was wrong with the way this country and the world ran, like, years ago. But I didn't quite understand. I mean, I still learn, I'm still learning about everything. So, yeah, because I know there's... A, I won't bring their names into it. I know a couple guys that are fighting about, oh, you guys were backing Corbyn. You're part of the establishment. And I'm sort of looking at it like, well, you know, I voted for him. What? <laughs> I'm not part of the establishment. You know what I mean? Well, I don't want to spend any more time in the team sport thing. Because, um, like, I was sort of a de facto lefty because my music friends were, I guess they were a bit more into the politics. I don't know, the climate before it was cool. A couple mm -hmm. of vegans, this kind of stuff. Um, and they were all, like, hardcore on the Corbyn thing. Um, and then when sort of wokeness and trans issues started becoming the, the hot topic and Black Lives Matter, like, I don't know, it was pretty clear I wasn't one of them and I was out of that mm. at that club. And then and I was like, OK, let's have a look at the right wing. And I found, you know, similar problems. So, like, it's it's definitely not about that. And I think it's quite I'm now like in the habit of looking at the other team and going, well, you know, are they right about this or this because because the goal has been to divide like i don't think anyone who's in the public is your enemy you've got to be looking at that one percent above yeah and to be honest with you i i don't align with either left or right to be honest with you i couldn't give i could i'm not versed enough in which either one even is i just like i go with what my truth is and yeah i yeah, I don't even know what all this left. And right. I think you're right. Like, yeah, it's it's left and right, but I think it's kind of at the top of both is like probably quite controlled by the same people up there. Yeah, it. like ultimately their currency is attention. That's how the whole pandemic worked, right? If you switched off your TV and the like phone alerts and stuff like that and just went outside then you didn't know, you didn't know. And that still applies today, actually. Like that still goes on for, you know, people that are flapping about Russia, Ukraine. Ukraine. And I mean, on either side, because I won't obsess over that, that. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm not really with either side. Like it's just, you know, it came as soon as they stopped talking about COVID, we were to be worried about war. Mm. Like, I think for where we was all standing when it comes to the media, we was all just like, nah, we're just not, taking part in this really i mean obviously you know it's not nice for people that are over there or whatever's going on but just don't really trust 
the sources of where this information is coming from. So, well, it's just about not like not letting what they say is the story dictate your life. Like whether oh you got to be scared of the weather this week and this kind of stuff. Like just switch it off and do other stuff. And like you've been doing a lot of festivals from what I can see. Is that fair? Yeah, I've done a. I wouldn't say I'm. I'm due to do quite a few. I've done a few. Um, yeah, I've done the Raw Treat and Equinox. Just both the same thing, like uh, Rise Above festivals that they've done. And I'm doing Jam for Freedom. Uh, and I'm meant to do New Earth in Ireland. I'm not sure if I can make it or not yet, but yeah. Yeah, and these are all festivals that have sprung up from a reaction to the last few years. It's none of it's none of the old stuff that's just come back, is it? Yeah, no, I haven't done any of those sort of what else you can call them mainstream festivals. I don't think I'm even known to anything mainstream yet. I'm just <laughs> I well, I think they are all dying. Like I am going to a couple of those festivals after um Jam for Freedom throughout the rest of August. And it's gonna be like interesting to see what it's like. Um because I, I enjoy going to gigs again, like, you know, big, small, whatever, nothing to do with our thing, because I don't I don't want to live in that life where I'm like judging everyone for not speaking out all the time. I like I went to see Rancid last night, who are my favorite band of all time. And it's like they didn't say anything during this, but neither did my parents because they didn't get it. And like and that's kind of how I'm starting to view people is like, well, you know, if my parents got duped, they probably got duped as well. And like, so it's it's just not wise to assume that anyone is the enemy. And I do want to see, I miss the old world. I mean, I didn't enjoy feeling like such an outsider the past couple of years and not being able to trust anyone. And I, I would like to I don't know, get rid of a bit of that. Yeah, I get that. Like, I feel even though there's even though we're not in a pandemic anymore, it does feel like things are different now. And before the world was very just sort of I don't know, it felt like it was just I don't know, it was normal, wasn't it? Until I at the start of the pandemic, I actually found it slightly amusing that we was all in a lockdown. I kind of thought, This is mad, like just kinda of laughing at it, but the longer it went on, the more it was like, nah, this is fucked up. And uh, and yeah, like you said, being an outsider, like uh, at first it was probably until I dropped the tune that I felt shit about that. And soon when I dropped it, I knew it pissed quite a few people off, but that kind of made me actually just embrace it. And I actually started just, I kind of enjoyed it after that. I was like, you know what, fuck it, man. Like I almost didn't drop it. I was sort of thinking like, is this even the right thing to do? But it was. So. <laughs> it, it, it's infectious and like addictive. I think when you when you tell the truth, put it out there, gets a reaction, probably a split reaction, yeah. and like yeah, you're right that like a negative reaction can give you fire as well. Yeah. It's not it, yeah. I think I think it it builds you up. It's good stuff. So um, look, but but after that, you started putting stuff out like pretty damn quickly, pretty regularly. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, pretty much. I had a lot of beats that I've made previously, so I was quite set and like set up. Like I was, uh, yeah, things were set up 
to to carry on from because I've been doing stuff before, and I had stopped for various reasons. But um, when I dropped yellow card, I thought, oh, there's like all this stuff that I've made before, like prepared. So I was yeah, just in a good position to keep on releasing, uh, making stuff and putting it out. So yeah, so it's all your own beats as well, or any other producers involved? No, I've produced all my tracks. Nice, awesome. What do you use? Let's get nerdy for a minute. <laughs> uh, Logic. Nice. I I've invested in 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 Reason again, which no one likes. Um because it's basically just a toy, but that's kind of why I've gone for it. It's like I wanted just yeah. everything in a little box to, to play around with. What you use, like, uh, I've, I saw a video the other day, actually, you know, Gorillas. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a video I, I shared the other day, uh, and it was, I can't remember, I always say his name wrong, Damon Albon, I think his name Yeah, that's right. He was, uh, Zane Lowe was interviewing him, and he pulled up his, like, iPad from when he made the first Gorillas tune. And that beat was just like the first template of the rock genre on what on whatever program he was using. He just play, played the loop. It was like ding 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 ding. Like he just didn't make the beat. It was just a template. And that that was a massive tune. That's amazing. That's it. It's, it's like looking at the some of the Daft Punk samples. It's like when you hear the original source. It's like you you guys didn't even do anything. <laughs> it's the same tune. Like sometimes I think to myself, like, why am I put like, putting so much into these beats? Because sometimes I'll like, like, I have a little keyboard, like this, that little keyboard there. I'll plug mm. that in and play a little something, like a little chord or something to add to the beat. And I see some of these things that people have made, and they're like massive songs. I think, like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> no, I think this might be a bigger thing about like real creativity and not real creativity because i know you think about this stuff like on a on a deep spiritual level right and so hollywood and the music industry and all that that these are these systems which are currently in a collapse in a free fall but they also don't have any creativity they like they can only copy and i've been thinking about when when i was like a young teenager all the music on kistery there was this period of where there were all these house singles which were just singles from the 80s that had been updated so everyone already knew them and that's why they were popular but like no one's written anything here and increasingly there were people like there's loads of sort of auto-tune rappers in the states who I can't really get anything from their lyrics and the beat is just an old 80s song. So it's like there's no creativity here, but they're superstars. And I think that's a part of it, this lack of original ideas that they have. Yeah, I mean, there's I, don't, I know definitely from studying music years ago that uh, labels sometimes, they just recreate a song because they know once it's being pumped out into the, into the ether like it's already it's already a composition that's proven to people to like so they don't have to actually do that because their their objective is to make money so yeah so it's just a formula it's, it's definitely the same with movies now where they're like written by committee like i'm have you watched a movie out of hollywood in years uh don't think so. i mean i watch a bit of netflix but i mean is that is that Hol is that Hollywood? That is Hollywood. Yeah, I've seen them when I was out there. I saw the Netflix clip. Yeah, yeah, I watched uh, 
Yeah, you know, I watched the other day. I watched the new Black Mirror. Have you seen that? Oh, is there a new one? No, what's it about? They've added five episodes. Oh right. Yeah, it's quite good. Um, but yeah, like that's another thing though. I've just I've had to wake up to that over time as well. Is like, what am I watching? Hmm. Sometimes, sometimes I look back at things that I've watched and really just absorb and think, shit, this is full of subliminal weirdness. Like, what am I doing? I think about how violent like all of the most legendary movies of all time actually are. If you like IMDb top 100 is sort of Scarface, Goodfellas, Godfather. It's all gangster movies. And it's just interesting that those guys are viewed as heroes. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near any of those fellas in my actual real life. I wouldn't feel safe if I was running with geezers like that, really. <laughs> so so I've made sure not to be, but like uh you can say that people idolize it, but we've definitely been like handed that. The first time I saw Pulp Fiction, I was far too young. Uh, there's no bloody way I'd let my kids watch the stuff that I watched when I was eleven. Yeah, true. But well that that's why I'm excited about the shift and the change and what's gonna come from art in the future. Because I think, like, definitely the reason that I've, I've resonated with your stuff is it's just authentic. Like, you're just talking about whatever's, whatever you're going through at the time, and that's why it's moved on. Have you, you must have found that in the other people at these festivals and stuff as well. Well, the other artists that I meet and stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the good thing about them is, like, they're all on this new like they all understand like what's going on and mm. and yeah they I'd say they're all on the same kind of I mean it doesn't sound the same but they're on the same like frequency of what they're doing through their music yeah yeah so yeah it's it's, and it's, it's, man. it's like a new scene it is it's really exciting and like I think there are a few things like the past two years where we were kind of trying to run before we could walk um but now, yeah, you do start to see these festivals. I think Jam Freedom Festival is going to be great because that's got so many people in the same place. Like, I recognise so many names on on that lineup, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. It's a big, it's a big lineup, man. Like, yeah, I'm excited for that one as well, man. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. I noticed that hip hop seems to be sort of far out in front with this stuff. Like, I can't name you an indie band or a metal band or um any of this other stuff and i kind of wonder about that because yeah as a dj i like i tried to be well versed in everything so i know enough about house or dubstep or drum and bass or whatever um and there's so much energy coming from rappers and i don't think there's any coincidence with that because it's just speaking the truth isn't it I, I would like to see like some indie bands and like metal bands and that. I actually like all that stuff. Uh, like that, I would, yeah, I want to see that, man. I want to see that mm. emerge from the scene. Some... I, I think the struggle is you need like three or four people to do it. And that's what's been so hard is everyone was like isolated. So you're going to get solo artists because it's pretty much all you can do is, is like do it on your own and put it out there and, and hope that people will join you. But like, fingers crossed. I think there's a few. I think there's a few bands. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll yeah. find out when we at the uh, Jam Freedom because I don't know all of the I don't know all the names, but uh, 
be good to see what 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 comes up there. Yeah, that's the other thing about festivals is discovering people. I can't like I used to be such a devotee of festivals every August from the time I was about 14. I went to Reading for the first time, maybe 13, and then just basically every year until covid like i looked forward to august for whatever festivals i was going to then and it's made me to discover stuff and it and yeah then 2020 happens everything flips on its head and it's like oh i don't really kind of i don't judge artists in the same way that i did before there was no way in 2019 if i went to some big festival it's like oh should i go see right said fred or well, why would i see right said <laughs> do you know what i mean it's changed everything Oh, it's funny, yeah. I know, yeah. You're right, and they. <laughs> it's so funny that they were like kind of the lead, one of the leading voices of of the movement. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is very funny. I hope, yeah. I hope from um, history looks back fondly because they were there. They were at the marches. They were one of the really I'm early ones. Loosely, kind of related to them, not re- not by blood. Like my uncle, is like their cousin or something. Like some weird. Because I, so I knew about them ages ago, and I just used to laugh like yeah, these guys are jokes. And then when I saw them at the protest, I was like, "Yes, born right," said Fred, like getting right in the mix. <laughs> it's hilarious, isn't it? But I, yeah, I I love the the Motley Crew. Oh, it was so good that spring. The weather the weather was so good. I yeah, I hope that the stuff that we got coming up later this year kind of captures. I think it will. It feels like it'll capture that same that same really friendly energy which i do think is like it's starting to be you notice that it's not there if you try and go to something else which has big crowds like i had a great time last night but i went to a metal gig in i think february and i could really feel that like there's a big difference now between me being in this crowd of people that i don't share you know they're not on this journey and when I'm among my people, because this other thing that's happened is that you have these really deep conversations with people the first time you've met them. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's people from before that like suddenly you can't communicate with anymore. Yeah, that really broke down for me. Like, I feel like with some of my old friends and stuff, like I always knew that there was this weird sort of disconnect. Like they wouldn't always talk about things that I'd, be ready to talk about and then when this period happened and it was when I dropped Yellow Card I noticed like just not even like they didn't even want me like in the room type shit like ah uh, okay this is the time then (laughs) yeah because I feel like everyone's had to go through this if you're on our team (laughs) um and you basically had to shed a whole load of friends and I fortunately kind of got all that done before covid and it was just it's just because i'm gobby and ask questions on facebook basically and i see things in the news that don't make sense to me and i ask questions and everyone was asking like well why are you so full of hate and well, i'm not full of hate <laughs> just for asking an obvious fucking question like yeah. well like we're we're triggering something in them. I didn't understand it at the time. I thought like, oh, what's what's wrong with me? Everyone like misreads me, but it's it's something deeper. And we've all been doing it. Is we're showing people like a part of themselves that they don't want to look at, yeah. and they, they react badly against it. Yeah, yeah, fully. It's just triggering. 
Yeah. Well, that hopefully segues into like, I've got to dwell on in my darkness. They threw everything at me. Think they chewed me up, spat me. Sleep paralysis had me. Wanna unsee what I can see. I think someone's been dabbling with dark arts like a smart ass. Unraveling this mystery has been a hard task. This reality is the Wild West where egos and no ref. Don't play with things you don't understand or half step. Don't stress what you can't get with the most high nights far fetched. The one I call in the darkness. On my darkest night, fighting for my life. Something out of sight came and saved my life. In my darkness, 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 fighting for my life. Something out of sight came and saved my life. I cast away demons in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus. Two months of sleepless nights. Two months of sleepless nights. Those were my weakest times when evil came like a thief in the night. An unbeliever got caught lacking, but now that we speak, it's fine. Now that we speak, it's fine. Something to keep in mind. I had to deep it. Why can't no therapist ever deep this mind? When you've had it rough, you still get judged the same. When you've had it rough, you still get judged the same. On my darkest night, fighting for my life. Something out of sight came and saved my life. In my darkness, in my darkness, in my darkness, in my darkness. In my darkest night, fighting for my life. Something out of sight came and saved my life. That was the one we I think we had a chat before you recorded that, didn't we? About like demonic encounters and then you put that song out and I just thought it was brilliant because I, n- I never heard anyone from the world of grime like quite do that um so yeah talk about that for a bit right uh, yeah Oof, where do I start uh yeah okay so you know what fuck it I'll go in from the beginning yeah so before like all of this yellow card stuff and all that yeah like going back to like say 2020 sort of time i was doing music before um but something happened where this guy this guy contacted me and was like yeah i really love what you're doing oh you give, it gives giving me goosebumps mate i love it like here's what i'm doing um i want to pay you to come out to spain to do a live lounge and just you know sold me this dream sort of thing yeah but then he started like kind of inviting me onto these like zoom calls with like he had like this weird cut a long story short he had this weird sort of cult thing going on yeah and in this zoom thing they were like doing some type of ritual or something and they were sort of like channeling these entities and shit and uh from that night for quite a long period of time shit was moving around in my house and shit like there was something following me around and uh yeah it meant i had just like i couldn't sleep for like 
probably weeks at a time and I was in a fucking bad way. And it's when I really woke up to like the other realm, to put it like that, you know what I mean? And yeah, this kind of uh, really put a big spanner in the works of everything that was going on in my life at the time. And you know what? Everyone knows, like, or not everyone believes in that kind of shit. And I was a bit on the fence of thinking that was even real. But I had to wake up to the fact that there are people out there, like, really dabbling with some type of dark magic or whatever you want to call it. Like, there's lots of different... Some people say it's not bad or this is bad, this isn't bad. But whatever this guy was doing was bad. And mm. uh, I was under some sort of spiritual attack from whatever was going on and uh i mean that's the very short story of it like i've actually the other night the other night i actually had a guy come to the studio and he asked a similar question and we ended up talking for hours about this whole thing and i think like i when i got home i had to write down all the different points in this story so like it was a bit annoying that i can't tell you all of it because it's like a whole thing but that was a story about how but yeah, the long story short is I ended up in hospital because I was just in this mad situation whilst having to uh, grasp the fact that there's people messing with this kind of, uh, I don't know what to call it, like occult rituals. or what, I still don't know what to even call it, but I've seen things with my own eyes. I've felt things and yeah, it, uh, yeah smashed my perception of, reality to be honest with you and but you know what in my darkness came about so maybe it was what's happening it <laughs> well yeah so so for context for the audience the reason i take ryan so seriously on this one is we had a conversation about this and we basically just been through very very similar things it must have been well right. a week or so before we chatted and my example was like so, you know, I've learned that we live in upside down world and big pharma wants everyone dead. And so the, the government and like all this other stuff. And there's all these people, these conspiracy theorists who, you know, are talking about reptilians and blah, blah, blah. And I started chatting to this guy. Um, I think it was based on the other side of the world. Um, but it was about he had this blog about reptilians and he seemed to be able to he, he certainly believed he could like. I don't know, defeat them with his mind or something. But he was offering these like hypnotherapy sessions or something. And he didn't charge me for it at all. And we were just chatting as like, this started as friends. Um, so yeah, I never, never parted with any money for this. It was just like, let me try this session on you. And he did this guided thing on me. And while it was going on, I knew I didn't resonate with it. And I've, I've done guided meditations before and like spiritual things. And you kind of know if you got a nose for bullshit, it was like, yeah, I'm kind of going with the stuff that he's saying and I'm not really believing it. You know, visualize this. Can you see this? Not really. Um, so didn't think much of it. And then that evening, I had this really extreme, like night terror paralysis thing where there was a demon just sat on the desk and I couldn't move. And I'm sure, uh, yeah, I I sweated something proper that night and woke up the next day and like yeah block him on on every every platform i have and then yeah we talked about it and it's like it's just nice to acknowledge that this stuff is real and 
we're fumbling our way around in the dark trying to figure it out. And, and you go on the internet and type any of these terms in and you'll find people that claim to know all this stuff. I don't trust them. Like, I really don't. I think we are all, yeah, fumbling around in the dark. But it's nice to know someone else that's had something that, like, intense happen. Yeah, the way you tell that story as well is, is very similar to the way it, to the way it happened. Like, maybe just a different word that the guy used do you know what i mean like but that was um very very similar and yeah i i'm it, i am interested in that kind of thing though to like i, I would always probably keep on searching for, to figure out what was that because or because i, I want to like talk more about it but as you can tell i'm not the most versed in the thing that's why i wrote it down the other day because i feel like i want to get a grasp on from start to finish what happened Mm. yeah it was mad. it was mad and like the guy even like uh as you said i blocked the guy as well but it wasn't the reason i blocked him is because i at first i didn't clock what was really going on but then someone messaged me and was like oh i see you're in this group let me show you something and it was like someone exposing the guy it was like an exposing video of him yeah yeah like uh <laughs> it was like voice notes of him telling someone like oh because you lied to me, I I've summoned this demon to follow you, and now you you will kill yourself because you won't be able to handle it. And yeah. like this, that wasn't sent to me, but when I see what he was doing to someone else, I was like, whoa, this sounds like what he tried to do to me. And uh, that rabbit hole goes way deeper as well. There's certain things I probably shouldn't even bring up, but maybe another time. But uh, yeah, like it was fucked up. <laughs> It's amazing. On a podcast as well, I fucking stalked him about six months later on some, you know, everyone's got the extra Instagram account just to check what's going on. (laughs) I I looked him up and he had a podcast where it's like he set it up himself with his friends to ask him questions. I think he pissed off a lot of people. And he was sort of saying, yeah, I just feel like people are upset with me because not everyone's ready for things like demonic possession. And I was just sitting there thinking, well, yeah. No, not everyone. No one's ready for that. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's I, I've spotted a couple of well, I've spotted a lot of charlatans over the last two, three years, and they always put themselves in a position of I know more than you are. Let me tell you about what's going on. And their trick I've kind of spotted this is they actually tell you what you already know but they do it in such a way that you feel like you're learning from them. Like you wouldn't follow them if you didn't already know that what was coming out of their mouth is true. So you already know it's true. So they're not the one that's telling you that it's true. Um, like I basically, I, I'll, I'll name drop him. Um, son of the Beatles producer, George Martin. He was interviewed by James Dellingpole and he like, You know, there's all these people that are like, don't take the vaccine. And we pretty much assume if you say don't take the vaccine, let's trust you. And um, he interviewed him and he was saying that he was like an expert astrologer since the age of like eight. He sort of came in with the ability to read someone's natal chart, um, which I've never heard of before because they're very, they are complicated. Um, And so he was reading John Lennon's birth chart at age eight and this kind of stuff. And... I'm interested in astrology. I think it's very, very legit. I think I follow some astrologers who I think 
are more on the money than like even your sort of alt media news commentators. I think it's better as a source. Um, but this guy, once I'd done the digging, it's like, ooh, you use this as a routine to like, well, get a young bit of arm candy on you. Um, you use it to lure young women in and say, I will read your chart and stuff. And he had a huge history of doing this. So that's how I would spot the pattern for anyone watching is like, Someone that said someone that's placed themselves on this guru level of like, I am an, a world expert in this, which you are going to need to survive these times. Like, no, you got to trust yourself. God yeah. doesn't want you trusting anyone apart from yourself. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And uh, yeah, man, I could go on about this one for for a long time. <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, what was I gonna say? I keep losing my train of thought. Uh, we were on demons, which is a bit, it's, <laughs> it's a bit heavy. I mean, one, one thing I find interesting is that even like the church at large doesn't really acknowledge that it believes in this stuff. Right. So you and me talk about like, yeah, I've seen a demon. I want to learn about what the hell, literally what the hell is going on there. And I don't think you could go to church for those answers. They don't know. They don't really go into that kind of thing. Um, I mean, not like I've been to, I started going to church a couple of years ago around this time. But literally, why are you saying that? Because I felt like this situation, it felt like I was literally being followed and tormented for quite a while. So I was like, yo, like, to me, just drop whatever I used to think about church. I'm going to go to church for a bit, see what's going on. And um, the one thing that they did do one night, they, talk, they talked about like, um, sorcery and like uh divination and stuff like that and people that use like tarot cards and shit like that and i was like okay cool they're they're at least trying to turn people from any but they didn't really go that deep into anything and also i feel like when i went church they were trying to sort of they were being very controlling like and i, I didn't get a good vibe from them either to be honest mm -hmm. i felt like no nah, like these got feels like they want my soul just as much as the demons do like <laughs> yeah like, well, I stopped going there, but picked up myself a Bible and just got into my prayer. And really, I've learned more probably online about what I need to know mm. than church, really. And in the Bible, I... it's about these things. It does talk about uh, angels and demons and stuff in the Bible. So if they're trying to ignore it at church, they're just, they're like losing the battle mm. of what's going on. There's demons in church, man. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I haven't been back since Christmas 21, uh, when I went to the church that was nearest where I was living at the time. And I had to sit on my own because I wasn't going to wear a mask. Um, they, put, they put me in the corner. This is December 21, like not 2020. This is really, really late in the game. Um, so that just felt like a joke. You know, it's like you really don't have to enforce this at this point. And you're a church like you've lost you've lost your spiritual battle. So and I think if we were supposed to go to church, then we wouldn't feel like that when we go to church. It would feel good and it doesn't feel good. Um, and that's you know, that's clear. But the Bible seems to have tons of truth in it. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. So do you, do you think this was the end times? Uh, I think, I know, I think it's kind of leading up to the end times. Or no, yes, no, I think it was. It's, no, you know what? I kind of think 
it kind of is because there was talk about in the Bible as well somewhere it talks about there being like three years of something and again I'm not the best at explaining this but I've, I have read this at one point there's a, some sort of three year period where something like hell was let loose into the world or something and because of what I've experienced uh, I feel like that it could well have been this oh I think we're still in it but it's either like a short time of where we're at now or or it's a bigger time over over longer but I don't know mm. man it's, I think we are in it uh, I just don't know how far we're into it <laughs> yeah I, well, I, I think it's a seven year tribulation if we're presume 2020 is the start but um but i also don't know if time works in quite the way that i thought it did because like their original end goal is 2020 2030 but i think the more people react the more they push it forward they don't really care what their plans are anymore like i'm just kind of in the habit of uh doing as much that's organic as possible so one thing i've noticed is like you get a lot of adverts on YouTube for VPNs, right? And you need to keep yourself secure because like we're going to live in a time of cyber hacking. And I've always thought, why don't I just like reduce my life so there's nothing really worth stealing on my laptop? Like, I don't, do you know what I mean? There's people that have their whole life through their computer. And if someone hacked it, that would be the end for them. And I just... I think that's what we're supposed to be moving away from. We're supposed to be doing these festivals in the fields, eating fruit and veg. Like Inspector Veg has taught me a lot. Did did he whip you into shape in terms of your diet? Oh yeah, yeah. He's grilled me about certain things. Like I, I don't, I w- I don't tell him what I'm doing anymore because I know there'll be something that he'll be like, oh, you can't do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but no, I rate him though, and. Um, really, like what you're saying, feel like eventually I would like to do the same, be more of an all like I don't know, live like not maybe completely off grid, but but just be self sufficient in everything because then then you're fine, really. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's it, we're not going to build a homestead like tomorrow just because you've decided to, but make the conscious decision to like move in that direction and move towards those networks. I don't really see how it can fail. And that um and that means that whatever they are gonna try next, like your CBDCs or whatever, it'll, it'll have less effect because they're kind of they're just further away. Cause yeah, that was clearly the problem in 2020, was there was no escape from any of this. Whereas I think whatever they try now, you're kind of ready. You can escape it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like I feel like because of like what you're saying, this sort of movement or whatever you want to call it that we are a part of like together we can make so much noise so imagine if they said oh we're gonna do a lockdown nah we mm. the so here like <laughs> we're not gonna let that happen again or at least we're gonna let you see we're not taking it seriously mm. and um it's like with the 15 minute city thing i didn't go but you know there was that protest in uh in oxford oxford yeah like, i didn't go but there was a lot of people that turned up for that and i think that like they've really i think that's been shut down already Anywhere they announce is going to be 15 minute city, I'm pretty sure all those people, including myself, mm. will be there. So it'll be like, nah, it's Fine. huge. Yeah, we've got a really fun army because, like, because considering we're in World War Three, 
it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. If all you've got to do is go to Oxford and like yell at some bollards, then, then, then you do this whole end times thing because you'd think that this whole thing it would be um like say that if this was happening say thousands of years ago we could probably could have been beheaded for whatever we're talking about but mm. it feels like this is more of a mental battle of what's happening in this in this age which mm. like you said it could be worse we're not under any kind of physical threat like we just got to stay true to who we are and that's yeah. all that's all I feel like this is really about, which is really, in the grand scheme of it, it's affected all of us, but now I've got my head around it, it's like, eh, this ain't too bad. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it was, but at a certain point you realise that they need consent for everything. Um, they need your permission to do any of this. You've got to sign on the dotted line, and it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. Um, so it's really easy to win in a way. You could actually, like, def- I-, I knew a few people or heard about them that did their bit to defeat the New World Order by just being lazy and never booking their COVID shot. They didn't think about it. They didn't notice that there was a tyranny going on. It was too lazy, never got around to it, and they did their bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. No, it, it, it's been wicked to chat today, man. Um, can you run down some of the other artists that you've come across that you really rate in our last bit of time today? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, uh, Lucas Lyon, who we've actually been talking last night, and we're going to do some type of show soon. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I rate him. I think he's one of the first ones I saw with the 1984 thing. Um, this is way before I even in fact this was before I went to the protest it's before I knew anyone it was actually my mum that showed me him which was because her friend sent it to her really weird how things come around isn't it? but yeah uh, Lucas Lyon Spectre Veg um, I first see him because at a protest he come up to me trying to sell me his CD and he was spitting and I was like alright cool um, you know, Nate Ramis uh, slugs. Uh, it's annoying because when I do this, I'll probably forget someone. Oh, I put you on the spot, but I mean, it's <laughs> a it's a good group of lads. They all sound very different from one another as well. They're it's all thing as well. It's like no, no one's like clashing in front of each other. It's everyone's got their own sound. Mm. They have their own space, so they can all everyone can just be. And do their thing. Um, who else? New Free. I'll put you on the spot there, but I'd I'd love to see you guys doing stuff together. I think that's when it will get get quite next level. And um, I watched uh, at the weekend. I watched this documentary on the East the East Bay punk scene of like nineteen eighty seven to eighty nine, and this was all actual like kids. They were like fourteen. Uh, and they couldn't go to bars and stuff, so they needed somewhere. And I think they essentially found an old like village hall or somewhere, and 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 did it up. And that was their, and that was their place. And um, and the way they described the different bands is like nobody was ripping off anyone else. And they went through them and was like, yeah, that was what was unique about that lot. That was what was unique about that lot. Like these guys were more thoughtful. These guys were absolute dog shit, but they knew it, and no one cared. And sort of went through it and it was like a scene can only come from 
it needs something that binds it and i think previously it would have always been like just the location you would have been you know grimes born of east london isn't it um and and this feels different it's like it's born of a shared understanding of what's going on and so i'm just really really excited for the development of this scene yeah same i feel yeah it's uh yeah, me and like, me and Lucas were having a good chat about this actually. I think just more gigs, man, more you know music related stuff because it's like when this was all starting off, we weren't really allowed to put on gigs, were we? Really, or mm. not until later on. But uh, yeah, man, as long as everyone keeps doing their thing, things will merge together. I think. Yeah, well, I just don't want us reacting and protesting the whole time. You know, you can't just uh, like, oh, okay, here's like Pride Month. So I've done a lot of shit posting during Pride Month, to be honest. But like, you don't have to be faced against Pride Month. Just go go in the studio, do your thing, book a gig. And I would like us to get to the point quite soon where we've got like, we've got a venue in Manchester. We've got a venue in Brighton. We've got one in London where we kind of know they're cool for us and then you guys can start doing a week where you do all of them that's what i want to see yeah same that is that would be ideal man and then and that you're right that would be all we really need as a scene is like places where people can come out and and see us yeah sort of set up little tours and that hopefully uh yeah that's that's probably what should come next i think too right well um where can people check you out? What what socials are you most active on? Uh, Instagram is the best place to probably contact me. That's my main sort of thing, uh, which is at I am Ryan Sanders. Uh, but my actual music is everywhere, like Spotify, YouTube, Apple, iTunes, uh, all of that. Just type in Ryan Sanders and it will all be there. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it really.